Hey guys, welcome to the debrief after our episode with Ethan Buckman. So uh, Ethan started that episode. Tell us why we're wrong. We, we asked and uh, he had a pretty good answers for why we might be wrong, David. What were some of the, the his reasons that resonated most with you? Um, <laughs> You're going to say none? Not, I mean, <laughs> okay, so it's really all about that thing I was saying at the very end. It's like, who wins the thumb war? Both our versions of crypto networks will play out. They will play out as probably exactly as we are both saying they will. Uh, but it's a matter of which layer is on top of which. Uh, and so the app chain model, Ethan's model of like a distributed network that are independent and agnostic from each other is totally going to happen. Our model of like this centrally coordinated shared security model of Ethereum, it's totally going to happen. Uh, but Ethan thinks that the his model is below ours, as in yes. like he his the it's the app chain model is sits at the base layer of the whole entire thing. And we think it's the inverse. We think the app chain model sits on top of these, the most secure blockchain in existence. Uh, and, and so, like, obviously, there's people take their sides on this. Like, uh, this is something that, that Paul Naya definitely believes with our thesis, where the most security always wins. And if you look towards history, which is what my, my Empire blockchain was, uh, article was all about, it's always been. Who has the most security? Do, never mind what form the security comes in, because that that changes and evolves over time. In the empire world, it was like who's got the biggest army. In the crypto network world, it's who's got the best security. But it's always security. It's all the the answer of where does power accrue. It's always to security, and I've always believed that. And so, uh, am I? Uh, not sh- that faith is not shaken. Your faith is not shaken, man. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know what resonated with me is when you brought up the if ought sort of combo, and, and yeah. by that you mean like um, the like Ethan was talking in terms of what ought to be right. rather than what is going to be, right. and I do feel it, like it's ignoring um, incentives, ignoring incentives, ignoring game theory, ignoring power law winners of network effects that we've that we see in nature, that we see in all social structures of which like crypto is is obviously quite obviously a social coordination structure. It's very political uh, at at the end of the day, and we're dealing with things that are very re- related to I think nation state economies like power law of economic winners, power law of which um, asset accrues monetary premium. Power law of like platforms that win. Even we didn't even talk about the the EVM and, and like the power that that wins. And that's not to say that Ethereum will be like a hundred percent of market cap at all. That's not at all what we think or what we're saying. But we do think it will be a power law winner. Is that going to be like forty percent, fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent? I'm not sure. But it's probably not going to be like uh, a whole bunch of hundreds of different chains with like one to two percent. Uh, market share, right? Mm-hmm. That is not what we believe and seems to be more what Ethan believes. And that's regardless of like what you hope the future is. I can almost get with Ethan and say like, okay, if we get rid of the need for like any sort of monetary premium, maybe what you're talking about where there is no denominator, I think you put it well, you explained his his rationale very well. There is no monetary denominator, right? Everything is super liquid and fluid, any sort of debt obligation, right? So we could tokenize a favor that you owe me, for example. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think I think that it, it's kind of ignoring some of these network effects and like mm-hmm. the game theory of what's going to happen. Uh, and and just it's it's I like I, I do feel like sometimes 
one fault that Bankless has is where um too like we time the sky on it. aspirational. Yeah. Like we're too um is, we're also like this is what ought to be. Yeah. We're not we're not practical enough, right? So like um maybe the Coinbase's and like the crypto banks of the world will win and no one cares about centraliz- decentralization and like the best UX experience wins, the most marketing spend, all of these things win and the most dece- like, but I almost felt like um, Ethic was more that way even than us in right. terms of of hopeful right. aspiration and not living in kind of like the world of, while there are power law winners, there are network effects and these things are incredibly difficult to disrupt. Right. Yeah. You, you talked about the game theory of this whole thing. And one thing that Vitalik stuck out to me, uh, said that stuck out to me, it wasn't even about crypto networks. I think it was about like political forces, which is related actually, uh, where like people don't really do not want to be on like the losing team. So they will find a way to band together with which the, the strongest team. Right. And so th- I think oh, this was a, a conversation when we had about uh, the Republican Party all falling in line behind Donald Trump, Donald Trump being yeah. the very strong centerpiece and all the Republicans being like, well, he's really strong. And so I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice some of my values. And I'm going to go with him. Uh, distasteful metaphor. Sorry. Uh, but like <laughs> you can also see this in like uh, the East with China's uh, CBDC, where a lot of countries in the East are looking at America and being like, I don't know about that whole America thing. That thing looks like it's on the decline and China's CBDC and economy looks like it's on the rise. So I'm yep. going to start using the China's China's currency. Do you mean like legitimacy looks, by performance? Legitimacy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And just like, well, they're looking really strong over there. I want to join the strong team. And so we can look about this at this with network effects and, and the game theory of app chains where like imagine being an app chain, but your security is is compromised because you're an app chain. Uh, and so you're looking around and being like, oh, that Ethereum security looking real secure. Like I'm sure would love it's, to join that team. And, and, and as, if, as soon as it does, it, it accrues back more network effects back to Ethereum. Well, it's like simple. I think it's simple economics. Say I'm a side chain in Cosmos, mm-hmm. right? And I have a token that's on it. The decline. Why? Because I have to spend millions so of dollars security. per month for security mm-hmm. spend. What's a good way to pump my token price? Oh, I've just announced I am now a layer two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm defecting from my, I'm going to be a layer one strategy mm-hmm. and I'm uniting with the empire. I still get to keep a lot of my sovereignty mm-hmm. and my token price goes up. Right. Like, totally. how could you win against that level of game theory? Right. It's like if every single city state had its own fiat currency, like, I, I'm into the idea of like brand new primitives. And if Ethan tells me that there's a way for many, many city states to have their own fiat currencies and we can all have this inter like mesh network connective tissue that settles debts and obligations of non-like kind obligations and can do that instantaneously throughout all city states, that's really cool. I don't, that seems way too crazy to me. Uh, and I think it's just much more likely that a city state will forego having its own central fiat currency and will say, hey, we'll just use Ether. We don't have to issue anymore, but we'll just pay part of our revenue from our city state to the main Ethereum chain and we'll just use Ether. And going back to what I said before to Ethan's, like, sure, if we have this mesh network of interconnected fiber that like settles debts and obligations of non-like kinds, that's really awesome in sci-fi, but it doesn't give anything for people to buy. Where is like the people, where do people invest in that? that you're eliminating that answer. And so you're, you're, the cool thing about the, the 
the empire model of blockchains is it produces a shelling point in the currency model. And so that thing just manifests into existence because like we have memes like ultrasound money. How do you meme into existence connective fiber that eliminates money? <laughs> like you, there, well, I, you can't focus on it. So there was a time in 2017, I, I got really interested in Cosmos. This is when mm -hmm. I sort of decided to be- I was really uh, interested in Cosmos too. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. I, I decided to be a validator. I was like, oh mm -hmm. my God, proof of stake. It's it's definitely has a right. huge future here. And Cosmos was going to deploy uh, proof of stake years ahead of Ethereum. Makes mm -hmm. some trade-offs, but right. deploy it years uh, ahead. And they were also talking about like a, an EVM compatible Cosmos chain. So I got in, um, you know, be, became a validator, went like went through the entire process was one of the the early validators of this and i just um i feel like i saw some of the flaws of the system and the design which actually informed like kind of my thoughts on the bankless thesis as well which was like oh it's a whole bunch of people who are like ex cosmos employees and such uh and it makes sense look they, they know cosmos the best and but these groups are becoming validators and it's a whole bunch of whales staking to them so as a validator i had to do something i used to before like my crypto days david i used to do like business development sales medical healthcare tech and that sort of thing and it, it's like you take clients out for steak dinners and wine and dine them right because you're looking for the big whale to write the check for whatever you're selling and this as a validator, it felt like I had to actually play that game of, oh, shit, my job is to actually go find all of be the political. whales yeah. and be political, wine and dine them, sell them on why I'm the best validator and get the plutocracy to like vote with me. And then when you combine lobbying, that with lobbying, right? Lobbying. And when you combine that with like on-chain governance, so it's all of these basically plutocrats who get to make the decisions. I was like, okay, this is there's something here. But this is not the bankless base money system right. for the world. There's too much right. like political lobbying right. go going on. There's too much like plutocracy involvement. Is there a way, as Bitcoin promises, to like boil this all out and have the system be as objectively neutral as possible? Vitalik calls this credible neutrality. Right. And it, it felt very much like that needed to form the centerpiece for this new economic monetary system. And ultimately what drew me towards Ethereum and its design path, um, because I'm probably someone who's like, I like a lot of the Bitcoin ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but like, we need that in a design of a smart contract system as well. Totally. And uh, one of my favorite lines that you said was, if you adopt crypto networks, you adopt crypto values. And when you adopt the Ethereum network as a layer two, you adopt the governance minimization principles of the Ethereum layer one, the stripping away of governance. And so you scale out this reduction of plutocracy, this uh, reduction of political jostling for power and control. You, you can scale that out to the layer twos that way. Or the layer twos can say, no, we want, we, that is what is optimized for us. We will have that. We choose to express that in our layer twos. You get the choice. Um, but with, but with the, the Cosmos model, with Ethan's model, I think like he, he was really just like hammering home just like this top-down domineering empire model. Like, yeah, you must bend the knee to Ethereum. You must use our currency and uh, we're going to dominate you. He really kept leaning into that metaphor. And then he like he would switch it with the Cosmos model and be like, yeah, this like regenerative grass is green, green fields, like limitless possibility. But then just completely ignoring what you were just saying, which is just like, 
top down like political scheming, like back office telegram groups, like got to schmooze, schmooze the clients. Uh, and so it's really one of those things. Well, you know, our, our network's good. Your network's bad kind of kind of perspective. Yeah. But Ryan, our network's good and his network's well, bad. Well, I, I do. I'd, so Ethan's response would probably be like, hey, you don't like the plutocracy you're in. You can go form a new plutocracy. Right. And start it from scratch with all of all these It's all plutocracy chains. all the way down. It is. So you have these collections of all of these different plutocracies and many right. of the validators will just validate in one network and then they'll mm -hmm. hop over to the, you know, like if you look at the, you know, Terra validator set versus the Cosmos validator set, it's like many of the same companies and many of these companies by the way are just getting acquired by the coinbases of right. the world and the crypto right. banks of the mm -hmm. world and the other aggregators and so you kind of have this reigning plutocracy that just like exists across all of these chains and so ethan's vision is well practically i'm like yeah that sounds great i don't actually see it it manifesting right. Right. in reality i see it highly highly corruptible by incentives where Ethereum has done a lot of work to like strip that out. Something I learned at MEV Day in Amsterdam was in this world of cross-chain validation, cross-chain proof of stake, where like validators can be validating on one chain and also another chain that are linked, you get a lot of optionality with MEV, with extraction of MEV. So get this, this actually really scared me when I, when I realized this. Uh, if you have like one, say you have 1% stake on two different chains, and so you can extract MEV on one chain 1% 1 of the time, and you can extract MEV on another chain 1% of the time. 0.01% of the time, you have this, uh, this God mode option of extracting cross-chain MEV. So mm. point, if you have 1%, you get 0 0.01 of the time. You are the, block, uh, uh, the validator on both chains at the same time, allowing you this not just God mode on each individual chain, but cross-chain MEV. This mm -hmm. scales up exponentially, right? So 1% uh, times 1% is 0.01%, I think. Uh, but if you go up to 10% of the time, you know, if you have 10% of the network, I'm butchering these numbers. If you have 10% of the stake on both chains, it's something like uh, the... If you have... If you, hang on. If you have 50% of the, of the stake on both chains at the same time, you get, uh, you get to have cross-chain MEV 25% of the time. Uh, no, 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 it's no, it's fifty percent of the time. Sorry, the point is it's exponentially scaling. Uh, and you're, so, you're like, saying you're saying if you're like, let's say you're, uh, I'll just pick on uh, Coinbase for for example, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a Coinbase and you're a validator in Cosmos because you just bought, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a company called Staked who was mm -hmm. formerly a tiny validator, and you now you just purchase them, and Staked is deployed across all of these Cosmos chains mm -hmm. like Terra and Luna and Cos the Cosmos Hub and everything else, then you have you have a uh, stake across these chains right. and then you can do not only MEV arbitrage in your own, mm -hmm. in, in one of these local chains, you can do it across right. all of these networks and that right. grows exponentially with that power. Yes, it grows. The, the chances that you are able to do cross-chain MEV grows ah, exponentially right. as your stake on both chains grows linearly. So right. as your stake grows linearly, you get to have exponentially growing MEV opportunities because you are validating on multiple chains. And so in the Cosmos model, where you were just talking about how, well, you know, the validators on this app chain are also the validators on this app chain, which are also the validators on this app chain, the many, many app chains model produces much and uh, like much higher surface area for exponentially growing control, which is just, you know, linear state turns into exponential control because we have not aggregated security into one network and we have diffused it onto many, many networks. Yeah, I see it, right? And mm -hmm. I, I do think that example of like, 
Uh, what do you want to have at the base layer of your whole governance structure of the most important public goods like money and private property and like all of these super important like public goods and, and legal codes? You want to have maximum credible neutrality. Yeah. That's why nation states, at least liberal democracies, adopt constitutions. These constitutions are governed by the people, one person, right. one vote. We don't have the ability to do that in blockchain. But like, imagine if you replace that comp, uh, that constitution, one person, one vote, with uh, corporate governance, and you had, or like this this set of plutocratic companies, right? Like a uh, hundred different companies basically get to decide the outcomes for America and the rest of the people that live in them. That's sort of what you're doing. Even if these hundred different companies have different shareholders, right? Well, you know, they're going to aggregate. They're gonna, like, what you want to do instead is you want to try to boil out all of that governance and corruption potential and start with the credibly neutral base layer. That's the perspective that I think we're coming with. And right. it's not to say that uh, the, kind of the corporation governance structure shouldn't exist. They just shouldn't exist at the constitution layer of a liberal democracy. They should exist at a higher layer on top of these things. And that's what we see layer twos uh, accomplish a bit more. There will be app chains, of course, but like, let's not build entire societies on them. Let's not right. build entire private property systems on them. Let's not build you know, like massively important monetary instruments on top of them. That's I 100% agree. Okay. Well, there you go. We just we agreed with each we, other. We did not change our minds. <laughs> <laughs> our minds we, are unchanged. Maybe yes, the listeners well, are, though. Maybe yeah, the listeners you know are, are, have the different opinion. It, it's good. I, I respect Ethan a ton. I a think ton, he's just yeah. a fantastic human, and the, he's clearly built some great stuff for this space. It's good. We, one, we need one more people who look towards history from previous yes. organizational structures yeah. and, ex and ex extrapolate them cool. into the future. There's not enough of those people out He's there. He's like studying medieval, uh, like medieval societies and such. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, one other thing to touch before we're done this debrief, David, is um, I was super fascinated with Ethan's take on Bitcoin. Very fascinated by that. Right. Because I didn't know what it was. I couldn't, tell, there were bad takes and there were good takes as in ah. there were negative takes and there were positive takes. Yes, I I I think so, and he's he's critical of proof of work, mm -hmm. yet also thinks it's much more credibly neutral right. than proof of stake. He is critical of Austrian monetary economics, yet much more embracing of Bitcoin's right. Austrian right. Uh, scarcity economics. Mm -hmm. Not much talk of like what we have with Bitcoin is basically delegated proof of work. Right. Yes. Like we mining, don't have actual individuals right. being able to mine. We have these mining pools and delegated That's proof really of work. Point. Not much talk about the unsustainability of Bitcoin's issuance policy and monetary policy, right? right? Which are definitely flaws that that we see in the system, mm -hmm. and uh, almost ready to be like, "Hey, proof of work is is pretty good for like a monetary system." So. I don't know what that line, but what one thing I have seen in in the Cosmos ecosystem is um, uh, somebody in Cosmos who's like one of the primary developers of it recently tweeted, uh, "Cosmos ecosystem is full of Bitcoin maximalists." In case it wasn't obvious, something like this, right? <laughs> and it's because many of the Cosmos chains are actually importing foreign monies right. into their system. And one of those monetary assets is Bitcoin, like right. tokenized Bitcoin on Tendermint chains and Cosmos right. chains. But then Cosmos is just on top of Bitcoin. So like pick your base layer. It's going to be something else. 
right? Uh, and it's like th- this has, I think, one, one of my critiques for for Ethan is that he, he uh, pro of Ethan is that he can see the benefits and the cost of all these systems. It seems like he's pretty lucid enough to say, well, and th- this is the way that's good. This is the way that's bad. But also at the same time, the vibe I was getting from him was that he has like a thousand opinions, all of which are loosely held. Right. He had, he does. I was struggling to get a core central thesis out of him. And I think that's something that I think is a really uh, big strength out of the bankless thesis is that there it's it's it has a way of integrating everything. Like I never I don't feel like there's a weak point in the bankless thesis. And maybe I'm just misunderstanding Ethan's thesis, but it seemed to be kind of scattered. I'm like, Dude, I, I, think, I, I can't actually get my wrap, head my, wrapped around like your core first principles of this. I thing. think but I think Ethan would push back and be like, hey, that's why my my thesis is way stronger than yours because yours is fragile and rigid and if one of the like you know core tenets of your monolithic thesis falls down then the whole structure topples over what if it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) well what if it doesn't yeah i mean that's why it's an interesting conversation but like Mm -hmm. the reason it's important to us is because um like it how many outcomes will this determine whether bitcoin is valuable whether ether is valuable whether all of these alternative layer ones are valuable like the value of these layer two ecosystems, it determines everything in crypto. That's why we're it's having the whole this con- thing. It's, it's the, the whole thing. It's the most important conversation. It's the most important conversation. And it also determines like how much um, trust you can put in um, a chains like Terra, for, for example, which is we had this whole USC and Terra debate. We didn't even talk about kind of first principles of the base layer of Terra, which is basically, if you ask me, a Pluto plutocratic governance system controlled by a small set of validators right decentralized kind of like a like i would put that in air quotes or it's like it's somewhere between oh you know a centralized ledger bank and ethereum right but it's not it's not very close to the ethereum side either no not at all yeah especially when the bitcoin and avax are centrally controlled right like oh cool we have this like this decentralized fiat currency it's backed by bitcoin held in a centralized custodian anyways that's a topic for you know what you know one thing that um vitalik said that does ring true to me though is like Mm -hmm. um he said for every three minutes in our last episode for or for every three times Mm. you talk smack or every every one time you talk smack about like the decentralization, centralization issues with another chain, you should look at your community objectively and mm-hmm. and point out the like three flaws mm-hmm. in kind of your community. And I do think that Ethereum is not perfect at all. Like right. there are lots of things where this whole Ethereum experiment uh, could go wrong. I still feel like coming out of this conversation, it's it's like the best shot we have, right? Yeah. Um, I think Bitcoin is another shot at this. And I don't think that the cosmos app chain design is actually like a strong shot i mean in in theory it is but in practice because of game theoretics and because of liquidity and monetary economics actually doesn't turn into a good shot at creating incredibly neutral layer for everything we've been talking about so um, but it's not to say that ethereum is perfect it certainly has uh centralization vectors right that we have to be very careful of like um Centralized stake is one of them that like I'm increasingly concerned about and have been concerned about for a while, right? We have to have the ability to run our validators and run them in decentralized staking pools. And these are battles to be fought in the Ethereum network. Yeah, I think my I, I'll summarize my critique of Cosmos is and it, it just seems highly corruptible. Where like Ethan talks about, well, if we have this distributed network where there's no central focal point, 
like how can it be corruptible right like it, there's no center point of corruption like all of this all of the decentralized app chains all have their independent you know governance but but i think that just misses the point of where like corruption the cancer which is what corruption is can find it lodge itself into one place and like i said with the cross-chain mev it can bleed itself out to the whole throughout the connective tissue Right. So that connective tissue that Ethan loves so much is actually, in my mind, a liability because that's the way that the cancer spreads. That's the way that the, the, the corruption spreads through the cross chain app app layers, because there's not one sort of central antibody structure, which is Ethereum security. Um, I know we're trying to say three minutes of good things, but Vitalik's a better man than me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Guys, uh, regardless, we hope you enjoyed this debrief. Um, we should get Vitalik to do these moving forward, David. But, you know, <laughs> until then, you just have David and myself. So thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate you as premium members. Take care.